You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Welcome to the Grand Designs Podcast, episode 16. I'd like to tell you how to get in touch with us. Uh, our website is granddesignpodcast.com. Our email is granddesignpodcast at Yahoo. You can follow us on Instagram, which is at Grand Designs Podcast, and follow us on Twitter is at Grand Designs Pod. We're also now on Stitcher, and you can uh, subscribe to us on both Facebook and YouTube. Today is going to be a very ironic type. Uh, podcast because we are a sports, a primarily sports talk podcast, and we're going to be talking about sports talk radio and not always that great. Yes, correct. And we're going back now to when it first started, and I can remember back in the late 80s, I was excited. Uh, I was excited to hear uh, the Mitch album. It was going to uh, bring on a sports talk radio on the FM channel, no less, because that was the first time it was ever on FM. And uh, secondly, it wasn't AM. Uh, most of the sports talks, if you found any, was on an AM radio, and we didn't get the reception really that good, or unless it was 2 o'clock in the morning. So I was excited. I was looking forward to it, and at first, it was great. Uh, the wings were just starting uh, to come out of their dead wing era. They're starting to get good. They were relevant. Uh, Pistons were actually winning their championships, 88, 89, 90. Uh, they won 89, 90. So it was, at the time, one to two hours every Sunday, and I thought it was pretty cool. Now, a couple times you'd get the people who would call in and they would pretty much just complain about someone's salary, how they ought to be benched or the lineup was wrong or they should go and do this with the team. And they would cut that caller out because that was the most moronic caller who thinks they and they these fans think they know more than the coach and the GM, president, owner, everything. Uh, so I enjoyed it. But as it evolved, it basically became like it is right now, which is what we're talking about. What's the point of sports talk radio today? And I'll start it off with, uh, yes, they talk about mostly scores. And I've been – at first, before we started doing this podcast, before we started discussing even doing one, I didn't listen to it as much as I used to because I just got – I didn't like listening to the fans complaining about I pay their salary, just saying some pretty ignorant things. But then as we do on the podcast, I have to start listening. And I, I want to say about six months ago, pretty much stopped listening to – a couple shows on D, uh, w, uh, the, the ticket, 97.1, DFM. Uh, now I'm listening to it for this podcast and mainly this week because of our topic. And it was really funny that uh, on Sunday they were talking about literally as if the host was better than the scouts out there explaining how sabermetrics have improved baseball. It's easier to watch. And again, coming across as if he was better for – I don't think anyone needs to be told how a 2-0 count is different from an 0-2. Only the most ignorant. Well, that's what he was going on. People don't understand. Casey Mize, this was the point. He's an awesome rookie within the Tiger organization. was drafted, I think, number one last year. He threw a, no, a hitter in double-A. This guy had the actual nerve to say he would have got crushed in the a, a big leagues. That same outing, he would have lasted two innings here. How, where do you come off saying that? That basically just, just destroyed this kid's accomplishment, which still, even in double-A, throwing a no-hitter, is just that, 
a, it's a no hitter. That's awesome for him. Uh, he's building his way up to the major leagues. The kid never said he would have pitched a no hitter in the major leagues. So for this guy to come out and say that he wasn't managing his count right, he doesn't understand how it's to pitch, as if this guy was the guru of baseball. Let me get this straight. He threw a no hitter, yet he wasn't managing his pitch count right. Hmm, that makes sense. Oh, no, only in the sense of if he was in the major leagues, he was doing it all wrong. He would have been, he wouldn't have he would have been pulled using his same tactic that he used to get the no hitter. If he had did that in the major leagues, he'd have been pulled in the second inning because he was behind on counts. He was giving hitter uh, uh, the hitters uh, hitter counts two and one, two and zero. Oh. I know that most people know a two and zero oh or a three and zero oh becomes a hitter's count, and a one and two is a pitcher's count. I don't think we need to hear that from a sports. But isn't it the point of the minor leagues? You do that and you learn from your mistakes. Correct. And you correct. And I agree. For, but, but for this guy to come out and say and basically diminish Casey Meyer's accomplishment, what's the point? This is what talk radio's turned into. To me, that is exactly the same as preseason polls. They mean absolutely nothing. They're absolutely it's, meaningless. And what really got me thinking about this is the NFL draft. The NFL draft, the sports talk radio just talks and focus on mock drafts. And this year is an awesome point. I don't know how many times they went and did a mock draft and how the Lions, they wanted this person and that push person. Went from Devin Bush to just a number of players. Now, the Lions did not pick who these radio talk show hosts wanted. And because they didn't pick who they presumed to be the talent, they are just trashing the, the Lions for picking it. But my point is, it was a wasted talk because you don't know until these kids go out and play. And you got to give these kids time to progress and grow. Now, with these fans and sports radio, they already – Pritchard um, – I'm sorry, Pritchard, the Alliance coach. Patricia. Patricia. They're telling him if he has a bad year, he's gone this year. Just two years. How can anyone come in and I would call the Lions organization toxic because they, they don't know how to win and turn it around in two years? You will never find a coach that's going to last with that thinking. The they you're talking about, I'm assuming All sports radio. Sports right? radio, yes, they've said it. They have no authority. They no, no matter I what agree, they say. They're but not necessarily. Gonna they be will say call. they do. They pay their they pay their salaries. They are the customer, so they do. I don't agree with it, but there's where they're coming from when they say this ridic, which is again ridiculous. It's not about sports interviewing uh, the general manager. That's what it used to be with Mitch Album. He did a lot of interviewing. The guy was a good interviewer. Uh, it also gets into what we're going to talk about later of how they get sidetracked because I think Mitch Album couldn't do that for a 24-7 period. He could do that once a week for two hours. It was a good show. Once it went 24-7, the whole format just changed. Uh, when it first came out, you were the first one to say it was for the weak-minded. You just didn't like it to begin with. And I argued with you how it was great and blah, blah, blah. It has turned out to where you are completely right. I want to say a majority of the listeners are flat-out weak-minded. And we'll get into how I, why I say that as we go. First, first and most is their content. It's boring. And I really get disturbed, frustrated when they're doing these brackets of the best sitcom of all time in a 64 NCAA bracket. Now, that either tells me they have nothing to talk about on sports, and I can't really believe they have. There's something to talk about. that They don't have to do these ridiculous tournaments. So their content is boring, scores, and like the gentleman on Sunday – uh, who thinks he knows and he is a a memory recollection of who stole the most bases, who's got the best batting average, how this player batted this. He claims to know all that stuff, and that's what they want to talk about. Just- Everything that is boring about sports talk radio. This goes along with my theory that 
you really can't have a 24-hour sports. I don't care if it's a TV network or a radio because eventually you come to a point where you have to talk about other things. And that was what those polls and are. You're not, you're not longer correct. talking about and, sports. And right now, and they're not doing the polls because I think they've ran out of things to actually have 64 things to go against and call in. Now it gets into politics. And that's what really personally – the you know if these guys had some critical thinking and they're talking about m- maybe the proper way to look at things like for example you don't trust the government and i don't like anyone telling me that i have to trust the government and they had a show where you have to trust the cdc they're telling to get your kids in knock you got to trust them you got to do it that's not the format for this show another person for a talk radio show well, sports talk radio yeah. Another uh, yes. another uh, one of their co- their hosts of their show said we have to back uh, Whitmer's forty five cents gas plan. Got to get the roads fixed. Got to back it. Just got nothing to do about it. You got to suck it up and find the money. Uh, no, he's not even thinking about Grant when Granholm did it. There's no critical thinking about it. it. Was already done. It's just you have to you have to do it. They're telling me how I have to think about more money coming out of my check when the goal is to keep as much as possible. Well, my problem with that is they're ripping out morality. I've said it before in this podcast that morality is a guide for our choices and actions. And the operative word there is choice. And when you tell me I have to do something, you're taking away my choice. You're taking away morality. And worse than that, you're arrogantly replacing my morality with yours, saying you have to do this. Correct. I I completely agree with that. Uh, But there's there's a problem. They can do a lot of politics and – one show more than other. There, there is one, the afternoon show, kind of sticks to the sports. They, they rarely, rarely, they will get into uh, like a plane crashing or uh, the government uh, taking, uh, grounding all the uh, 720 or 747s that recently, mainly just briefly. But there are others that will just focus on the topic of a politic, and I just can't figure out because it's a sports talk radio. In the beginning, you never would have heard Mitch Elvin talk about this. He would have been interviewing somebody. It wouldn't have been about politics. Matter of fact, it was to get away from the politics is why I think they brought in this one hour or two hours of sports. We're sports related because, again, it was only the Wings and Pistons who were doing good. Uh, but the uh, ESPN, that's a part of it too. When we were growing up, we got, got 10 minutes on 11 o'clock, 6 o'clock news. We didn't even get any highlights uh, for West Coast uh, baseball except for this week in baseball with Mel Allen. That's how we caught up. On all the baseball news, we never had ESPN the twenty four seven. But as you point out, what's the E for? Well, it's for entertainment. And notice it comes first too, which means entertainment is primary, sports is second, and they reinforce that by playing things that really are not technically sports, like poker. I really would not call that a sport, and and I wouldn't necessarily call uh, cattle rustling, which they show. A sport. Not in the sense of baseball, football, and hockey. They're traditional sports. Do you know what cornhole is? No, I don't. The game cornhole? Nope. On ESPNU or ESPN3, one of the two, they have the cornhole championships. Cornhole is that where they have the two ends, the box with the hole in the middle, and they throw a beanbag. Oh, my gosh. The cornhole championships. (laughs) That's one of – That should prove to you. That's exactly – that reinforces exactly what I'm saying. It kind of brings back dodgeball when they said how they – it's on Ocho – ESPN 8, the Ocho for obscured (laughs) sports, which is the truth. That's what it's turned into. Well, remember when they didn't – a couple – a few years ago, they even showed wiffle ball? Yes. It's gotten to where it's like all sports are now. But it goes back to the entertainment. It's not sports. It's entertainment sports network, period, end of story. They're just to entertain you. Sports and programming. As a matter of fact, it's uh, 
it's gone down to where the people are leaving the cable and ESPN's had to just cut back on their uh, budget because uh, they've seen a lot of lost revenue because of the streamers is basically what, what's taking their money away. But, well, I also think it's because they lack interesting sports. Those ones we're talking about right now, that's what's driving their customers away. Had they put on sports that the customers were interested in, they'd still have those. Even with the streaming, they'd still have those people watching. Because they did not do proper programming, It's that's what drove them away. Correct. Now, let's go back to the Mitch Alvin show. Yes, they were started uh, in 1998. And it came to, uh, I think, in 2003 or 2013, maybe. I'm not sure. Wait a minute. Didn't Mitch Elm start in, like, 1987? Yeah, 88. You're right. 88. You're correct. I was thinking 98 was when the – or 97 was the Wings first came around when the championship. That's when it really exploded and uh, the sports talk kind of went to where, uh, for the first time, they had 105.1 and WDFN going head-to-head. Uh, there's an article – uh, written by Jeff Moss back in 2013, basically comparing 105 to 97.1. The only reason I bring this article up, and I'll just read one quote from it, is back in the beginning, Stoney was, uh, Mike Stone was Mitch's producer. He took calls. I'm not sure exactly, but he was not really in the show. You hear him once in a while. I think to the end of that show, he came out and we discussed it. You just said earlier, he basically said, if you live in Detroit, you have to root for Detroit sports. And his backing was in Philadelphia. He was a huge Philadelphia. I mean, he still likes the Flyers because it was his hometown, uh, the Broadway Bullies. He loved them. So he still likes them. But because he moved to Detroit, he roots for Detroit. Now, I, it just irked me so much that I could not listen and lost all respect for him because he's telling me, now this is back in uh, 88 when it first started, maybe in the 90s at the end of the Mitch album era, that I had to like the Lions, which means for the next 30-some years, I would have to be in misery because it was his rule, and I had to only because I lived in these geographical boundaries. I lost respect, did not listen to him from that point on, and when he got his own show, whenever I hear him, the radio's turned. As a matter of fact, I don't listen to the morning show. I cannot comment on what they talk about because I programming, it just doesn't come on my radio. I will not listen. So I don't know what he talks. Well, my question to him then, based on that saying, I have to root for Detroit area sports because I because live here. Because you live here. Based on what standard of value? Because it's not a moral standard of value because, once again, if I have – if. A moral standard would be I have choice. I don't think he brought moral standards. But he doesn't understand he that. Got, That's so far above their heads. He got pretty heated with his passion about how you had to. Not only was just his job as being in Detroit because his job has been sports ever since he's been here. And he does live here. I get it. Uh, but that just – it turned me off. But the, the passion – Here's the problem with sports talk radio. It's so non-intellectual. You're talking about passion? That's emotion. That's that's not what they should be taught. That not what should be brought out. It, it should be it should be an intellectual endeavor, and that is why I don't like sports talk radio in Detroit or just in general because it lacks in intellectualism. Now, at the time when he said this, I wanted to basically call and just say, "What well, what right do you have to tell me who I have to root for?" And I couldn't say this then, but I can say it now. Do you understand that you wanted me to root for a team for thirty years of misery? For at the potential of one year of glory, if they ever do win the Super Bowl, I'm talking the Lions. So I have to be miserable like you for thirty years because you like the Lions because it's your job. Again, I just lost respect. I just decided, you know, something. I'm not going to complain. I'm just not going to listen to the guy. And when I heard he had his own show, 
Show's done. Now, his cohort, Jamie Samuelson, I like that guy. He was on with Jamie and Wojo. Uh, I think it was a Wojo and Jamie show from a long time ago. And I like Wojo with Stoney. Never listened to Wojo and Stoney because of Mike Stone. So, again, I can't comment on the morning show. The midday show, however, Gator, uh, Carson Anderson, I do, that's my favorite of all the shows, the ones I listen to. And that's probably the one at lunch I'll listen to. Um, Gator's entertaining. It's more of, he's kind of funny. Uh, Doug Karsh, he's the one that goes into the political part that I just do. Leave your sports. You're a Michigan sideline broadcaster. You're talking about sports. Keep it there. Do not tell me I have to back a 45 cents tax that I already paid years ago in Granholm. And I don't want to call in to bring that point up to you because you will hang up on me. And that's why I don't call in the sports talk. They just When you prove them wrong, they hang up. They want to talk to you. Off the air you go. You're, you're on a time delay there. It's wasting your breath. Now, to go in there and be a guest and talk about this, I would enjoy that because I would have pointed out to Mr. Karsh, you're forgetting about Ms. Granholm. She did just that. And where's the money? Did the roads get fixed? So why are you advocating it again that I have to, in your words, trust the government? I can't believe I don't remember his name. Van Allen or something. Who is that guy who used to blow people up on the radio show? He was the, he was on Detroit local TV, and then he had a radio show. I can't think of his name. Yeah, he didn't last year very but long. That's not, he didn't do politics. He did just sports, and he would cut people off even that he doesn't agree with on sports. Yes, no, no. That, that's exactly where. What was his name? I can't, I, yeah, it maybe comes to me before we. I hope it was a podcast. And if I remember it for the next podcast, I will bring it up. But I know you're talking about Earl Van Wright. Yes, that's him. Yes. Van Allen, that, that's what I was thinking. With the van, you were right. But yes, you are correct. He would just blow you up because you didn't agree with him. So I didn't listen to his show. Once I seen that happening, I was dumb. He did it to me once. Really? Remember when I called oh, about that's, that's right. Dan Marino that's and his right. pragmatic oh, little right. fake spike? Correct. We disagreed on that at that time. And yeah, he disagreed with he uh, disagreed with you, but he had to blow you up. He could have listened. So from that point on, I would I realized if I would have called in and said, "Are you nuts? Trust the government? What the? What's wrong with you? Are you?" N-? I would have been just the butt would have been pushed. And I wanted to literally ask him, "What is wrong with you that I have to trust the government?" And he says that right. We got to trust him, right? Uh, you won't even trust the sports team, your coach, your GM, yet you'll. Trust the government because they have basically said they have no faith and they, they've come a long way. These guys, like the Lions, have they're really not running the organization properly, they're not winning other organizations. So, again, that's where Gator can be funny, he is entertaining. And of all of them, he applies the most critical thinking. I haven't really heard of him say anything ridiculous of anyone yet that I just want to turn it off. So, I, I do enjoy listening to their show, the afternoon show, and it brings it right into today's. Uh, uh, topic about sports radio and why these guys are even allowed to even talk. Um, if anyone hasn't heard, by the time they hear this podcast, Michigan's coach, John Beeline, has left for the NBA and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I say to John, congratulations. Good for you. That's awesome. As a Michigan fan of basketball, that hurts. Now, it only hurts because he did a good job. That doesn't mean the next guy coming will not do a good job. We have to wait and see. So to just con- condemn the program and say it's it's not going to work as wrong. To be pissed is the word at John Beeline for leaving. Now, they also said to back them up, maybe it's not John Beeline's fault. It's Michigan's fault because they wouldn't let him be bigger than Jim Harbaugh. And that's where if I would have been driving, I would have gotten into an accident. Who wouldn't have let them been bigger than Jim Harbaugh? Does the fans, uh, the, 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 the athletic director? The fans. He brought up the athletic director's name. I don't know his name. Again, I'll think of it um, by the end of the show. But, yes, the athletic director for not matching or he, – he, they wouldn't – the athletic director wouldn't allow Beeline to be better than 
No, that was Jeff Rieger who started saying, and I just laughed. I laughed because that was part of he was filling in for cars today. So he now, wants to force popularity because that's basically because because Harbaugh is more popular. And th- therefore, he pushed down Beeline. He's pissed Beeline left because now he thinks the program's done. Beeline's gone. The program's done, which is ridiculous. First of all, Beeline sixty six, NBA life's much better. I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the contract and well, what he got, but he was making four and a half million at Michigan. I'm sure he's going to get seven. Gilbert, the Cleveland owner, opened up that pocketbook to get him there. Like he's got, it's a comfortable, no more recruiting. He could literally do a five year deal, be 71 years old, and retire with his wife. See, that's the reason why I think he left. And I read this uh, on my Twitter feed today that he left because he was sick of the recruiting. He was sick of the he, having a good guy he, and then having him bolt in one year. He has made it clear that the NBA was a goal. So what I looked at Rieger and anyone in Michigan, even if you would have said we'll make you bigger than Harbaugh, he wasn't staying. He was going to the NBA. Now it gets into the afternoon where Mr. Berlente wants to say, do you think anyone is going to come here bigger than Harbaugh? And his proof was Calipari at Kentucky, Roy Williams at North Carolina, uh, Mike – I have a hard time saying this guy's name – Krasinski at Duke. Uh, hello – None of those schools you even mentioned have a football program to compete. Now, if Kentucky or any of those, North Carolina or Duke, had a good football program, Kyler Perry wouldn't have got his money. Neither would Krzyzewski, I got it right, or would Roy Williams. Those are basketball powerhouses. So he was implying that because Beeline Harbaugh wouldn't let him be the big dog. It was Harbaugh was being – and Harbaugh has nothing to do with it, and I will say this right now. Beeline has taken Michigan to the championship, I want to say, two of the last three years. Had he won those two, he would have been big, bigger than Harbaugh. I don't know. I think, just like I don't think it could happen in Texas Tech, I don't think it would happen in Notre Dame, maybe not even Florida State. No, I, I mean, I, I we're talking big, big football not programs. Not Texas Tech, Texas. Okay, Texas. There's where I'm going to agree that maybe, I don't know if I want to put Michigan in that category, because yes, you are correct. If their basketball coach, I think it's Shaka Smart, if he wins three titles in a row, Texas, they are not being bigger than the Texas football program. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Alabama? No, that one right there, though. Saban's done seven championships, I think he has. Who's going to come in and beat that? He's done it. But this is my point, that there are certain programs that no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to top If Saban was to retire— and they tank it like they did after Bear Bryant left, and the basketball program somehow starts winning, that guy's going to be popular. It's not the football coach dictating I'm the alpha dog. No, it's the program, I mean. It's the football program. It's so it's, dominant well, it, that no matter who comes in, it's, it's the, going to have a hard it's, time It's the alumni it. loving the sport so much and the fans. That too. Okay, I, I'm not quite there with Texas, yes. I'm not quite there with Michigan. Yeah, it's a good program. It's football school, yes. I completely agree. But I really think if Beeline would have won those two or three national championships, I've heard – I base this on I've heard Michigan fans starting to turn on Harbaugh, which I don't, I don't get. Yes, he hasn't won a Big Ten. He hasn't beaten Ohio State. That hurts no one more than me. But I see improvement compared to where he came from. That will come down the road. So seeing and hearing these people turn on Harbaugh, I would believe that a Beeline won, they would have given him the attention. Well, they've got attention, but it now – just to give Harbaugh his chance, if he turns around and starts winning the Big Ten now, and wins a national championship, it would go right back that's up in I'll, his favor. There's where Texas comes in. If Harbaugh was to win a couple of championships, there's no basketball coming in that's going to take it over and be bigger than Michigan football. I would agree. However, one of his options that he brought up was Juwan Howard is coming in as a new coach. And that's a guy he's beloved. 
if he came here and won national championships and Harbaugh doesn't, uh, he's going to compete for the big dog. He, he's one of those loud uh, um, Fab Five guys. So he's going. He come. He's eccentric. He is not this shy person. He will bring his uh, ego to the uh, program if he was to get the job. So I would disagree with it there. But what I found to be funny is of all these coaches that he used as an example, he didn't use Izzo. He didn't say Izzo's a top dog. Because he doesn't want to put down D'Antonio. He realizes if he was to say Izzo's a top dog, he just lashed at his football program. Now, he's been giving D'Antonio a little bit of hell. But I would say only because Van, D'Antonio, he didn't fire his staff. He rearranged them, gave them new positions. And, yeah, Villani went off on him. Had Harbaugh done that? And he did say Harbaugh, well, he even uh, fired his uh, – he put a book between the eyes of his uh, best man at his wedding because he fired him. It's about winning. So he brought that up with Harbaugh. But had Harbaugh just readjusted, he would have went full out, full metal jacket. Not this – he a little bit passive anger. That's what it was, passive anger in uh, D'Antonio. Benani's a Spartan. I realize it. I've come well, to, no matter what, that he's going to paint it that way. And today confirmed it because he didn't. Of all the basketball programs that are powerhouses, and I've heard him bring up Izzo, I don't know how many times about, I could be wrong, 11 Final Fours. And that could be 10, it could be 9. He's been to a lot. I'll give him credit there. But he's only won one. That means he's 1 in 10 if there were 11 appearances, but yet he's a great coach, great basketball coach. Why did he bring up Izzo with Calipari? Trzeszewski, Roy Williams. Why wasn't that brought up? Well, this goes into what it's not intellectual. He okay. was emotional. He, uh, he was he was riding on his emotions. Correct. And I basically heard him say that Harbaugh, basically the fans, the the atmosphere would never let Beeline become bigger, and that's not what he implied. He implied that Jim Harbaugh would not let beeline ever because Harbaugh was the alpha dog. That's what he that's what he implied. He didn't come on and say that I listened. I listened very carefully and on the way to the podcast. I also come out. I don't know the headline. I haven't uh, I didn't read it. Uh, DFN came out and put a headlight out of what he said and he was not happy. He wanted to take it down reword it. They took him out of context. He did not like what was coming back at him which brings me to the point why are you doing this? Why are you hey Good luck. Congratulations. Good luck to Michigan on their, on their coaching sh- um, on the search. There's no need to get angry, especially at the, at the callers who call in. And one was pretty dumb. Um, sometimes enter- entertainment purposes, Valente can be funny because a guy called up and said Michigan should hire Patino. You know who Patino is? Yeah, of course. He's unhireable. He was correct when he said that. For is this- he with – Ken, no, he's with uh, Kentucky now, isn't no, he? He's, no, he was with Louisville. Oh, Louisville, that's right. Got Sorry, caught Louisville. with yes. a, an event that you don't want to talk about, you know, not really being faithful to your wife. But that's not – he now just got recently fired for that uh, agent scam with the Nike or Adidas paying players. He, he was let go. He's suing the school for it. But because of that, he's considered crooked. He's not going to get it. He could have came here years ago to, to Michigan, but not now. So that caller, that was pretty ridiculous. Another caller called him. And just as ridiculous, Harbaugh's going to influence the head, the head basketball coach they bring in. You know, you know what he's going to bring in? Tom Cream. Do you know who Tom Cream is? Who? He used to be the Indiana coach. Har- okay. Harbaugh's brother-in-law. Yes, yes. So Harbaugh, keep him down. He'll know his place. So, but if you put a bullet through the eyes like you said of his best man, why? that doesn't make sense. That's my whole point. It's, look, a Michigan State fan does not like Harbaugh. The threat is there. Oh, they love the fact he hasn't been to a Big Ten championship. But they also are very nervous that that could end soon. Well, 
He has changed the program, and they know it. If some um, predominant, popular Michigan State guy came back to Michigan State, would he treat him like he treats Harbaugh? The only guy I can think of right now, even though he's in baseball, is Kirk Gibson. What if he came back and coached football? He did play football at State. Would he treat him like he's treating Harbaugh? At times, I like to give Mr. Villani can be... I don't want to say objective, but he can very be direct and honest. And that's what sometimes I like about him, where he loses that directness when it comes to Michigan State and Michigan, like this whole Harbaugh and Beeline thing. Ridiculous. Well, that's why I brought because up Kirk Gibson to Michigan State. If, if Izzo was to leave, now this is going back, but if Izzo was to go to the NBA, they would not be tearing him up. They would be wishing him good luck, and they sure would not be saying that Izzo's a much higher than D'Antonio. It just wouldn't. It just it's not the case. Why didn't he bring it up today? Because you didn't want to point out the fact that his football program is not to the level. You don't want to admit that your basketball program basically means if your basketball program is number one, your football program is crap. Because football is big dog. Come college football season, everyone flocks to it. The NCAA basketball is huge, but football is much bigger. So he made a mistake by not bringing up Izzo. Just a crucial mistake because Izzo is a top-ranked coach. Now I think he knew what he was doing. He did years ago when uh, LeBron James was at – Cleveland. I don't think it was the first. Maybe it wasn't the first run he went there. Izzo was up for the Cleveland job. Now it wasn't Mr. Valente. It was uh, Mr. Caputo who just gave this lecture how Izzo can't leave. He owes it to Michigan State. He had to stay. Uh, how dare Cleveland take him away? Here we go again. Why can't he do a better life? He doesn't have to stay at Michigan because you like the school so much and you fear the program stinking after he leaves. That's what it was about. Anybody else, it was good luck. You know, he, he's earned it. Not Izzo. Izzo had to stay. Now, Izzo ended up, did turn it down, and he did stay. Um, I'm not going to say it's a mistake because it's his life. He gets to choose what he wants to do. Now, Izzo likes it, but they he, they don't realize by talking about Harbaugh and Beeline and leaving out Izzo, they've made a big omission about their football program, yet they want to brag about it how, great it, how great it is, how good it is. Every— Every single program has ups and downs. You mentioned Alabama. I mean, look at Michigan. Should we have then? It's all should cycles. we have been mad when Lloyd Carr retired? Say no, he has to stay for Michigan. Because look, it's twenty twenty hindsight. But look what happened after he left and how the program went down. So based on that argument, we should have been mad at and Lloyd Carr. Say no, you had to stay. And that's where they're coming from because of what happened to the program. And you got Rich Rod, and then. Um God, I, I can't believe I forgot the guy after Rich Rod. Brady Hoke? Yeah, he was just as horrible. Both those guys took Michigan to the lowest points, and that's why people think, like, right now, if Harbaugh was to jump back into the NFL, oh, my God, the people on, on suicide watch from Michigan because automatically it's going to go it's going to go down, it's going to go bad, not even giving the next coach to come in a chance. Well, that might be true, but it could also go up. It, it, it's it's it, a pendulum. It's a cycle. It'll yeah, come back around. Correct, and I think that's, it's like it's a cycle with Ohio State. Yeah, they win the last 10. Before that, Michigan had their streak. And there, when uh, God, I don't know what year it was when uh, Ohio State was favored. I mean, every year Michigan would seem to beat them, and that I just couldn't believe they were always beating them when Ohio State should have won. That's kind of swung now. Ohio State's always beating Michigan. Now I will say it's going to be different now that uh, Urban Liar has left. So I think that's a whole different thing now with the new coach. You mean UM? Correct. You yeah UM. When the, whole different story there. Uh, so the afternoon show it can get a little bit uh, intense and. Again, I'd love to call in, but if they don't agree with you, they won't even let you on, and you'll just, you won't be exploded, but you'll be hung up on. Or he just won't be able to take the tolerance of you because you're not thinking along his lines or you're not agreeing with him. 
evening show is Bogey and Wojo. Rarely listen to them. It's only because I'm not in the car or I don't listen to sports talk when I'm at, in the house. Uh, Wojo, I've heard from other uh, shows he's been on, and he's just more funny. He's a, he could be a comedian on his own, just how he talks about things, and, and he's a hardball junkie. Uh, and Villene just uh, rides him for never, ever bashing hardball in an article. Just calls him the Messiah. You know, you, you worship the Messiah. Villene quotes him on the air. Talk the truth. Write a bad article. Write a bad article about hardball. Come on. I mean, it, it, again, Wojo's response are always comical and funny. That's why I like, I enjoy uh, listening to Wojo uh, when I can. Uh, Mr. Bogey, he's, he's brand new. I really can't comment because I don't really listen much. I don't even know much about him. Now, the fill-ins are all really different. They, again, they just fill in. So I, like today, it was Rieger. Um, the only thing I don't like about Mr. Rieger, it's his job. He's a writer. I get it. But they have to ask questions. And recently, Brad Osmus, you know who Brad Osmus is? The former Tiger to, coach. Just came back with the, uh, he's managing the Anaheim Angels now. Or is it Los Angeles Angels? It's Los Angeles. Uh, well, the Angels came to town, and he had to ask about, was the downfall of the Tigers, do you think it was your fault? Why would you do that? It's in the past. Are you just opening wounds to this poor guy? Because he believes in gotcha journalism, and that's what that—that's uh, a form of that is. And but Brad, no, Osmus was yeah. Go ahead and blame me. It was an awesome response. Yeah, let him keep blaming me. But dude, what what what's your pro? He enjoys it. He enjoys it so much. And this is another example. And I, if I blame anybody for this current uh, this past basketball season, uh, Michigan was doing great. Like I think twenty and 0, 19 and zero. Michigan State lost two huge uh, players. They're one and two on their team. When those, team, when those guys went down, this guy on the radio trolled the state fans. How it was in the bag, Michigan was going to win. They were going to trounce him. wasn't even going to be close. Beeline's up on his, smoking a cigar because these two guys are gone. Uh, what happened? They came back from injury eventually. No, they didn't come back from injury. They, at the tournament, these guys came back. That's they never came back. No, no. Even with these players gone, state beat the crap out of Michigan. And he became quiet. So the whole point of this outline our top topic today is why would you do that why would you even bring up the fact and troll these fans when the game hasn't been played yet like it's automatic in the bag what is the point and then when it goes the other way we don't even talk about it there's no accountability don't want to bring up how you were complete i can't say the radio want to keep our podcast clean but i'll say jerk for even saying those things when the game wasn't even played yet it goes back to the nfl draft why are they even having mock drafts why are they even criticizing? You can't criticize the picks until at least three, four years down the road. Then you can say it was a good pick or not. You can't say it right now. And not to mention what it does to these kids. Well, the Giants are guilty of this too, but more so in Detroit because they're just lashing at Quinn and Patricia for the picks. Why? Because they don't understand the reasoning behind it. If they did, maybe they wouldn't last. And here's the other point. Quinn, I mean, they champ. it's like Stafford. They've turned on Stafford. And there's another reason why I don't like sports radio. They've turned on Matt Stafford. When he came in, oh, my God, they're talking about Stafford like they're talking about uh, who's the quarterback for uh, the Cleveland Browns right now. Just got drafted. Um, isn't that Holfield or? or No. I, I can't remember his name. Good quarterback. Cocky. Great attitude. Baker, t- Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Thank you. Field in there. Baker Mayfield. But cocky. They're talking about Stafford, how great he was. He separated his shoulder in a Cleveland game. He stayed in the game. And they just love Matt Stafford. Well, they haven't won a Super Bowl. And they've now, Stafford's done. Even these uh, 
radio hosts are saying I they would keep faith in Stafford that they would deal with these callers saying, you know, literally you're an idiot. You know what you're talking about. You're calling in. You don't know what Stafford goes through. He works hard. He practices. But this year they said, no, we're off the bandwagon. He's done. He can't bring us to the promised land. Now, I would I don't think Matthew Stafford, A, cares or listens. But what's the point of saying something like that? This guy, if I have to root for the home team because I live here. Well, then you should have Why to root for Stafford. doesn't that apply to, yeah, you have to root for Stafford. And now it's a completely 360, now, and, and they are trashing. I mean, it's to the point, I didn't want to hear the Lions talk because these fans and these, I don't want to call them DJs, but these hosts have no clue about the comments of what they're doing, the negativity. And negativity is much stronger than positivity. It, it just grows at, like cancer at a much quicker rate. And they're negative. Plant, that's all they are, are flat out negative because if you discuss in other episodes, they are jealous that these guys are making money, that they, because they pay a ticket, they get to pull, say the lineup, pull them, not pay their salary. When I want to ask them, like we talked a little bit about these uh, gentlemen and what they do, well, they're not going to like this. But yet they do the same things and to these players. And don't I pay their salaries by buying the products of their advertisers? So if I pay their salaries, like they say, I should have to call up to their show and say, you should be canned. You're horrible. I'll never get on. They'll cut me off. They will never let that on their radio. But my point being is they would never allow me to do that. No fan would let me come into their shop assembly line and say, you know, I bought a GM car. You suck. You're out. What are they paying you? 30 bucks an hour? Why isn't it 10 that wouldn't be allowed. If they were logically consistent, they would. That wouldn't be. But they're it, not. They, no, it would be come in. If I came in and did that, because I bought using their logic, I bought the product, so I'm paying their salary, so I can fire you. I can say you don't get that money. No. Then we got the union to protect them, and there's, you know, you, know, you can't do that. You can't come in here. So why doesn't it apply? There's was a little bit of hypocrisy with the fans and these hosts that they're not holding themselves accountable to what they say and even talk about. And I was a little bit, some of the topics, I don't know if I'm, I want to talk about it. They just go into like the politics. I don't understand. It's sports talk. It's sports related. If you cannot find a sports related topic in a major city of Detroit, um, sports radio should not be 24 seven. There's your answer. You got to go back to the uh, Mitch album days, whatever limited. But if you're going to talk about politics, I'm because of this podcast. I now have to listen. I was done listening to any of that before we we, we got into doing this bo- um, podcast. And maybe what we think about it was the complete lunatics on these ra- on the radio of sports radio. What they're saying that made us want to come and talk about sports ethics, doing the right thing, discipline when no one's looking. Uh, most of these fans and these uh, VJs or VJ hosts will tell you that if you don't get caught and you cheat, you're okay. Well, principles. A lot of my problem with so you you are glutton for punishment. The reason I can't, I just cannot stand sports talk radio is because it's so mind numbingly boring. I'm going to agree with you now. I didn't in the beginning, but now, but I do now because it's our content. Some of these things these guys say and do is not ethical. We talk about sports ethics, not the home runs, not who hit 472 since Ted Williams or Babe Ruth's home runs or Barry Bonds being juiced. We don't even talk about that. It's the ethics of the sports and how it goes into our culture, saying that if I pay you a ticket, I get to – I'm going to go buy a hamburger today. The hamburger is burnt. 
song when I'm going to fire that person. But what I wanted to bring up is if you went to McDonald's and you got a crap burger, would you go back? I wouldn't, but they probably would. <laughs> if, you're, if you have to be a Lions fan based, on that logical consistency, then I have to go back. Correct. And based on – no, if the product is bad, guys, stop watching. Stop going. They don't have to. Martha Ford does not have to do anything for you as a fan or as a citizen of Detroit. It's her team. She could literally, if she wanted to, like the Kansas City Royals, just sit back and I don't care if they don't win a game. As long as I'm making my profit margin, I don't. It's her business to run. Well, based on that, the fans do have some power. They have the power to not show up, not pay, and then she would be forced. And to that's change. the problem. I completely agree. A. We were talking about this at work. I love to bring in this one person who, and I couldn't argue with her. I was bringing up the only way you're going to basically send a message to the Lions is an empty stadium. Now, back in the day, that would have been the case. You can't say that now because I think the Fords and even worse teams could say, I don't care about it in a full stadium because I still get the TV from the NFL every year, guaranteed. But you would eventually lose that or at least some of that if you had such low viewership. Here is what viewership. But not, not actually fans in the stadium. But both. Okay. Both. But here's why they'll never happen. They will always fill up the stadium because of this person who I work with. She just wanted – she's never been to a Lion game. She just, – just to go to experience. It didn't matter. They've been losing for their whole entire – her whole entire life. No – and I could bring up no sh- signs of improving whatsoever, of wanting to even win. That didn't matter to her. It was just to go to the game, wear her jacket, and be a fan. To say that she went. So it didn't matter about winning and losing. Those people will fill up that stadium. Now, I used to know a person, and this was kind of funny, that he was you know, pretty well off. I wouldn't say one percenter, but he had season tickets to the Lions back in the Silver Dome. He took me to a game. And this is when I actually started catching on. He, uh, he said, give me the binoculars. He goes, look across. He had some nice seats. We're right across from William Clay's Ford Suite. And I go, yeah, William Clay Ford. He goes, what's the problem with that? What, what do you say? What's the problem? And I didn't get it. And I go, what? I don't say anything. The guy looks happy as hell. He, yeah, that's the problem. This is a Thanksgiving Day game. At the time, they were like 3-10. and Because we're 3-10. and 10. He's smiling. He's laughing. Because the seats were Do you filled. know why? Yeah, because he's putting out a bad... Can you imagine if Ford... And you said this. If they put out a bad car, a bad product, and they didn't sell any more, he wouldn't be laughing. But if they brought, came back and buy more cars to get breaking, he'd be smiling. The very next year, he canceled his season tickets. He just couldn't take it because he basically was realizing that the Ford, William Clay Ford was an awesome businessman. It didn't matter. I mean, the guy was loyal to a fault. He gave his, his coaches you know, as long as they could take because he didn't care. He was making his money, and it was an enjoyment or a, just to have the team. So therefore, it was his to do what he wanted. He could do that. To wrap it up, Mrs. Ford right now, she can run her team, and these fans have no say. If you think you have a say, go into McDonald's, have a bad hamburger, and then go back and say, I want that person fired. I bought this hamburger. I pay her salary. If you will not do that, then you can't do it for the Lions or any team for that matter. Stop being jealous of their salary. Just enjoy it as what it's worth. Winning or losing, yay, don't let it ruin your life. With that being said, though, if you have any of the opposite points that you want to bring to our attention, if you think we are out of line here about Sports Talk Radio and that you enjoy the uh, 97.1's lineup, please email us. Instagram us. Get a hold of us. Uh, we would also love to invite you in to be our guest on our show to talk about it. So please, get a hold of us. 
Well, just to put a little fine point on this, it's sports talk radio that really we were talking about today, and it's how they're a non-intellectual endeavor. And there's my biggest problem with it, and it's why I can't li- listen to it anymore. I know you're tying it up, and I agree, but back when Mitch Album did it, it had a little bit more of that. It wasn't like it is today. So I'll agree with you. It is non-intellectual, and that's my problem with it. Where I only listen because of this podcast. Otherwise, you're right. It is numbing, and I didn't listen to it. But for this, I have to. And I can't even do that. So good for you. I can't even listen to it because I, I can't take it. Anyways, you've been listening. Well, let's tell you how to get a hold of us. Our website again is granddesignpodcast.com. Email us at granddesignpodcast at Yahoo. Um, and then Twitter is granddesignspod. Instagram is granddesignspodcast. Um, I'm DJ Grand. You've been listening to my brother, Jerry Grand. Um, this is the Grand Designs Podcast. Who are you listening to? Oh.